You're listening to Rates and Lanes with Rico Mohammed. This is the show where we improve your knowledge of the freight market, improve your bottom line, and improve the transportation industry as a whole. We're talking Rates and Lanes. Let's move on down the audio road. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Rico Mohammed coming to you live from South Georgia. Tonight, it's just going to be you and me, so I welcome your participation. You're free to call in. Well, it's not like we're on XM Radio. I'm, I'm, I'm taking a page out of my mentor's book. But anyway, uh, you can go ahead and press number one. I want to get some responses back from you guys and, and hear some uh, feedback on a couple of different things tonight. Uh, of course, we're going to cover the traditional topics that we always cover, but uh there seems to be there's a lot of noise going on on social media right now. There's a um, somewhat of a, a trucker strike going on down in Florida, down in the Miami area. I've been seeing some stuff on that. Uh, wanted to know if any of you guys were aware of it. What are your opinions and thoughts on it? I'll give my opinions and thoughts on it. Uh, also, uh, we are in the midst of the crackdown for CSVA uh, 2017. They are it's the, it's the annual uh, safety check, and I'm um, wanting to get some feedback from you guys, ladies and gentlemen, on what are you guys seeing, what's been in your experience thus far. Uh, I'll also give my feedback on that. And uh, and just in general, if you got any general questions or anything, if we can help you out with anything on rates or on a rate on a particular lane or anything like that, of course, that's what we're here for. But with no further ado, uh, we'll jump right into this week's fruit and vegetable report from the USDA Department of Agriculture. And uh, as I am getting into these reports, I um, got I'm trying to do a little bit better job with delegating time and getting these uh, links posted up in the Facebook page for you guys, just so you can have them at your disposal. Um, and then you can go back and, and check them out as well and delve into them a little bit deeper. But this week from the USDA, we have a little bit of movement going on, not much. Uh, we have movement again. There are slight shortages in the areas of South and Central Florida. There are uh, slight shortages at Mexico crossing through Nogales, Arizona, and also um there's a slight shortage over in the West District of Florida. So, of course, you know, looking at what time of the, where we are on the calendar, we are in the midst, in this full swing of produce season, so we got a lot of stuff going on. So that kind of explains why those places are having an experience in those uh, slight shortages. Every uh, other market is showing an adequate supply of trucks. And coming out of San Luis Valley, Colorado, they have a – tremendous surplus of trucks. So that's a very bad area if you are there. So um, that is pretty much it for the USDA report. Like I said, we will post this report up on the Facebook page for Race and Lane. You can go back and check it out. There's a lot more information in this report than what we are able to cover here. Uh, it gives information such as the uh, type of produce that are moving in those particular markets uh, is letting you know, uh, it gives you an indication of just how strong those markets may be. Um, 
the rate information that you see posted on this report, as I always caution, is very, very inaccurate. Um, this is a free report, so there's no way to really, I'm not exactly sure how they compile and come up with the rates that they are posting through the USDA, but there's no way to really vet those uh, those rates that they are showing. So you have to kind of take those rates that you're seeing on there with a grain of salt. And as always, um, since we're on the topic of rates, and uh, well, I'll save it till after we finish up the trend lines report for this week. Uh, I was going to get into that strike situation, but I'll save it for just a second. Moving on, uh, we're going to jump into the bad and the ugly brokers report for this week. This week, fortunately, we only had two more people uh, debuted on the list. Uh, this report going back to the first of the month here, GL Logistics LLC, Greenlight Services LLC, their MC number is 861-497. They have over $20,000 in non-payment uh, complaints reported to truckstop.com. BLAC Logistics Services, Inc., MC number 307-403. Trust fund is set to cancel on 6916, over $7,000 in non-payment complaints reported to truckstop.com. They are listed as an extreme risk. Laser Logistics, LLC, MC number 899-625. Trust fund is canceled. Over $8,000 in non-payment complaints have been reported to truckstop.com, extreme risk. So hopefully none of these people are in your, uh, are in your files. You're waiting, to, you're waiting to receive payment from any of these brokers. Hopefully uh, you did a good vetting on them and you caught them before you pulled a load for them and you're not in the situation of one of the people that are waiting or have reported the uh, – non-payment history from any of these brokers. Going into this week's DAT trend lines report, uh, let's see here. We're going to start out, in, as we normally always do, with the dry van demand and capacity report. From May 29th through June 4th, demand for vans increased only 4% last week rather than a 20% drop that would be expected during a four-day work week. Capacity decreased 27%, which pushed the load-to-truck ratio up by 31% to 2.5 loads per truck. The national average van rate added $0.08 cents on the spot market. Fuel increased uh, over the past week up by 1.2%, up to a national average of $2.41 per gallon is the national average for diesel fuel. Let's jump over into the U.S. van rates on the spot market previous week. And the national average spot market rate for vans increased by $0.08 cents up to $1.62 per mile on average, with a $0.01 cents increase, in the increase in the average fuel surcharge. Outbound rates in Los Angeles, California, and Atlanta were on the rise. Taking a look around the country, up in the northeastern portion of the United States, we have dry van average rates 
at $1.55 per mile coming out of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Moving down into the southeastern portion of the United States, we have Atlanta, Georgia checking in, showing average rates for dry vans at $1.81 per mile. Moving into the Midwest, we show out of Chicago, the average rate for dry vans is $1.78 per mile. Down into the Midwestern, uh, excuse me, the um, South Central portion of the United States, Dallas, Texas checks in showing an average rate of $1.51 per mile. Out on the West Coast, the City of Angels, Los Angeles, California checks in, setting the benchmark for dry vans at $2.03 per mile on average on the spot market for dry vans. Moving on into the flatbed demand and capacity report for the week of May 29th through June 4th, flatbed load postings were down 14% during last week's four-day work week, while capacity was down 33%. That led to a 30% increase in the load-to-truck ratio from 14.2 up to 18.4 loads per truck. The national average flatbed rate rose by one cent compared to the previous week. As we already discussed, that one cent was an indication of the in the fuel surcharge. Uh, moving on into the flatbed rate information for the week of May 29th through June 4th, flatbed rates increased one cent to a dollar ninety-three cents per mile nationally due to a one-cent increase in the national average fuel surcharge. Taking a look around the country, coming out of Harrisburg, beginning in the northeastern portion of the United States, setting the high watermark for flatbeds, $3.03 per mile on average coming out of Harrisburg, moving down into the southeastern portion of the United States. Atlanta, Georgia checks in, showing an average rate for flatbeds on the spot market at $2.18 per mile. Into the Midwestern portion of the United States, Rock Island, Illinois checks in, showing average rates of $2.23 per mile. Moving down into the South Central portion of the United States, Houston, Texas checks in, showing $2.02 on the average spot market rate for flatbeds. And... The absolute reverse for flatbeds coming out of the West Coast, Phoenix, Arizona, checks in showing average rates for flatbeds at $1.69, bringing up the rear. $1.69 coming out of the West Coast for flatbeds on the spot market right now. And rounding out the report, jumping over into the reefer portion of the DAT trend lines report for this week, May 29th through June 4th. Rather than dropping 20% during a four-day work week, reefer load postings fell only 7% last week. Truck capacity declined 18%, which yielded a 13% increase in the load-to-truck ratio, which uh, jumped from 4.1 loads to truck up to 4.6 loads per truck. The national average reefer spot market rate increased $0.06 cents compared to the previous week. Moving in and checking on the reefer rates on the spot market for the week of May 29th through June 4th, reefer rates averaged $1.93 per mile nationally last week, up $0.06 cents from the previous week. That included a $0.02 cents increase 
in the national average fuel surcharge. Prices fell sharply in Florida, though, in Florida, but um, from the previous week. Moving up uh, into the rate information, starting out in the east, the northeastern portion of the United States, average spot market rates for reefers out of Elizabeth, New Jersey, was a dollar fifty-six cents per mile. Down in Lakeland, Florida, the average spot market rate coming out of that area was a dollar seventy cents per mile. And moving into the Midwestern portion of the United States, and as always, Green Bay, Wisconsin, is leading the pack, showing an average rate coming out of there at $2.40 per mile. Down in the Rio Grande, McAllen, Texas, the south central portion of the United States, showing an average rate for, for reefers at $1.89 per mile. And moving over to the west coast, coming out of Fresno, California, we have average rates for reefers checking in at $2.10 per mile. That, ladies and gentlemen, is going to wrap up this week's DAT uh, trend lines report for this week. Now, moving on over into um, what I wanted to kind of get into a little bit, um, when we got someone that has their the hand raised, we'll go ahead and take this call up. Right now, we don't have a call screener tonight, ladies and gentlemen, but go ahead and press number one, and we're going to come to you. Like I said, I'm going to welcome as much participation as we can get tonight. Um, it's always welcome. The caller calling in from 678, you're on, the, you're on live with Rico. How can we help? Hello, caller. Caller back on hold. Let's see if we can uh, – I'm just going to yell out your – Area code, ladies and gentlemen. So if you press number one and we bring you up, just be listening for your area code. I'm not going to give your whole phone number out over the uh, over the podcast. But um, there's a situation that is going on down in uh, that I, I noticed on social media that you got a couple of truckers that are striking down in Florida, and they're kind of disorganized um, as usual. As most of these strikes always are, they're, they're a little disorganized. They don't have a lot of clear, concise, um, I guess you would say, list of demands. I've seen a couple of different things. But um, but this is my opinion on the whole topic. Um, I'm all for if you have a situation that, um, you know, employees are in situ- certain situations and they're, they feel like they're being un- uh, treated unfairly and they feel like that striking is a remedy for them as an employee, um, then I, I think that that's probably fair game. That's my opinion on on that whole situation. As far as a business, if you are a motor carrier or you're in business, you own a truck and you have your own authority, I don't think you have any business whatsoever striking. That's just my opinion. And the reason that I feel that way is I think that the industry suffers tremendously from a lack of education, um, you got a lot of people that jump out here and want to have their own authority, want to be in business. But once you once you cross over from the realm of being an employee into the realm of being a business owner, it is up to you to figure out how your business is going to be successful. And if that means uh, maybe not buying that piece of chrome at the chrome shop and maybe investing or saving your money and, and buy, listening to an audio book 
uh, programs such as these podcasts that we are trying to do, going to the CMC, uh, trying to avail yourself to as much information as you possibly can, um, that that does not seem to be, uh, for lack of a better term, that, that seems to be the exception and not the rule. And it should be vice versa. Once you once you decide that you're going to be in business, you really must immerse yourself in the study of trying to do better and trying to uh, gain as much information as you can about the industry that you that you're participating in. You 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 cannot go around blaming or saying that uh, you know blaming the brokers that they they you're trying to. One of the demands that I I read that they want to um, cap brokers. To be able to be able to only make ten percent profit uh, on a load—that's that's absolute nonsense. What if the shippers said, "Well, we only want you as a carrier to only make a ten percent profit for you know once you." It's a real slippery slope. Once you start going down that road, then then who's to say when it comes back around to affect you and your business? You you don't want anyone uh, meddling in your business on that. We're going to try to see if we can get this caller back up. 678 is the area code. Caller that uh, wanted to get in, you're on live with Rico. How can we help? Hello, caller. Are you there? Okay, well, we'll put it back on hold. But, yes, ladies and gentlemen, that's, so that's my take, and that's my opinion on the whole situation. It seems to be that... Uh, and from a, a lot of the uh, videos and stuff that I've seen, it seems to be a, a large contingent of, of the Latino population, um, and and that's neither here nor there. It just I just think that um, a lot of the people, hopefully maybe we have someone from the Latino community that may be involved in that whole situation, may be listening in. But I think that uh, that we have to do a better better job on educating ourselves and before we get into this business if we don't know how or uh, what we should be doing or whatever trying to get get involved with different organizations that that are pushing education uh such as the CMC uh Kevin Rutherford and and and, and the whole Let's Truck team we all push education uh organizations such as the National uh, National um NASTIC, National Association of Small Trucking Companies Education uh, is is one of their main main things. Even OIDA is starting to push some online classes with them. National Minority Truckers Association they have uh, classes that are out there. You have to be willing to invest some time and some money into yourself, into your business, if you're going to try to be successful. I got a caller calling in from two five two area code. We're going to go straight to the callers tonight. Like I said, we're welcoming your participation. So, caller from the 252, you're up live on the air with Rico. How can we help? Hey, Rico. I love your show. Uh, Thank you. But I wanted to talk about the uh, the, the strikers. Yeah, I, I think the, uh, the lack of education is a big, huge part of it. And uh, it seems that, you know, they seems like this was Miami area, most likely – uh, possibly people that were in the uh, pulling of drayage trailers, good possibility of it. Uh, and, um, and it seems like a lot of people kind of are, 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 they're brought in to, 
to doing the drayage work because they could be home every night or most nights and things like that. But when you when you limit yourself to geography that I'm going to be home every night, then they they know the the, the supply and demand of people that want those jobs to be home every night is so great that the rates are going to be so low that all you can do is complain about the rates because you're not going to be able to do anything about them. If, you, if you're in a business model like that where the rates are going to be continually bad, you have to, you have to educate yourself and move to a different business model, whether you lease onto a carrier and go out onto the road or unless you find a niche that works. But don't go do what everybody else is doing. If everybody else is pulling containers, don't go do that because when there's too many people doing it, then the rates you know, will go down because of supply and demand. Too many boxes or too many power units is what it is in that case instead of boxes. So that you're exactly right there that they uh, they're not being educated. And I'm afraid if you look around the truck stops and talk to people, uh, a good portion of our owner operator community is is uh, is remaining uneducated too. Uh, you know, there's a lot of discussions about the chrome that people have on their trucks when you're in the truck stop. There's not an awful lot of uh, uh, there's not a lot of conversations about uh, what can I do to get a mile per gallon better. Uh, you know, study Tim Hepler or Steve Pond or people like that 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 are doing it, uh, or or study what you and 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 uh, Kenny are doing as far as rates and and getting your authority. If you're if you're going to decide to get your own authority, you probably need to go back and listen to every show that you and Kenny have had since you've started, and you can do it on the podcast. That would be a great start to an education for someone. And, and uh, you know, there's so many ways. Um, you know, if you want to learn about, uh, if you want to learn about uh, uh, tie wear, Mike, Mike Beckett shows really great. Education's out there now. Most people are still not seeking it out. And uh, it, was a, it was great at the CMC this year. Uh, you were there last year. I know you didn't make it this year. But it was great this year. There were so many guys that had never been there before. And, you know, they were wide-eyed at the start of the week, like, what's going to happen? Because, you know, everybody, everybody thinks, you know, well, I've heard it all on, on Kevin's show, but you know you know as well as I do how much different it is once you get there, right. just the amount of information overload that you have. And, uh, and at, by the end of the week, it was amazing to see the transformation that a lot of people had in the – even though they had a good enough attitude to come, they were skeptical. And at the end of the week, you know, I think uh, you probably got about 350 people, which probably a couple hundred of them were new. And and of that number, uh, the vast majority of them are, are much better business people than they were a month ago. Absolutely. And, and, and thanks for the call. And, and what's, that's one of the things that um, – I try to tell everybody about, you know, going to the CMC and stuff like that. It, it's almost like drinking water from a fire hydrant. Um, but the good thing about it is you have the books, you have the manuals, you have the ability to go back and review what it is that you that you learned there, and you got different ways of, of applying different things. And there's no one surefire technique way to uh, uh, master everything. But going back to uh, the point that you were talking about a little bit earlier when you were talking about the guys with the drayage and everything, and even with the drayage, I've seen that, uh, um, and, and I could be wrong, so, if, if, you know, somebody correct me, please, if I'm wrong. 
But I see a lot of people that are that are go into doing containers and they'll lease on to a company. Uh, but if you have your own truck, there is a way for you as a as a motor carrier. You don't have to lease on to another company if you, if that's something that you're going to do. And as 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 cheap as those rates are, you can as a motor carrier you can go in there and compete and and get that same freight directly through. Um, I think it's uiia.org or whatever, where you go, you, where you sign up and get the um, with the Dreyage companies to actually move some of those containers and box stuff. And I think that if you do it under your own authority, that it might be a little bit of a better living. Um, that's kind of one of the little known things that a lot of people don't don't um, know about. But you can, you don't have to go lease on to another company if you have your own truck. And like I was saying, I really don't think that anyone that has their own authority, has any business. If you have your own authority or you own a truck, I just don't think you have any business going out here and, um, and, and, and doing a strike. That's just that's, that's my hard and fast opinion on it. Uh, I, yeah. I didn't get your name, by the way. What, 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 where, where are you called? What was your name again? Uh, Steve. Steve, Steve. So Steve, tell yeah. me, what Steve. are you seeing out there as far as uh, as far as the CSVA? Uh, are you seeing anything as far as the crackdown enforcement? What what's been your experience this far? Are you running? Or are you taking the week off? Oh no, I'm, oh, I always run. I've never I've never been inspected this week of the year. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, <you> know, <laughs> I washed I, yeah I washed the truck up the other day. I cleaned it up real good. I, I'm the one with the ten thousand dollar truck, but it looks really good. <laughs> and and. Uh, and I know I'm running my regular route. I, I mean, I, yeah, I'm with Landstar, and I've, I've got a uh, triangle, you know, 10-day triangle that uh, that pays me very, very well. And I'm on my way home. I'll be home tomorrow evening. But uh, you know, I may be if I get inspected, I, I'm okay because I, I I I know my truck is in good shape. So as long as you'll take good care of your truck, maintain your truck, and and are confident in that, I really don't worry whether or not. They inspect me. If they inspect me tomorrow, I don't have to go through Landstar's four-month inspection next month. I get a four-month reprieve. So if I get inspected in this clean inspection, uh, I, I get a reprieve from my Landstar's inspection again. So I'm okay with that. But uh, but yeah, I mean I, I'm doing fine. I'm saying I'm sticking with contract freight out here. I'm not uh, I'm not pulling all my loads off of Landstar's board because their board is not much better than what you got out there. Every, I hear everybody griping on the DAT boards and the truckstop.com boards also, and, and our guys are griping that are running the load boards also. I mean, you've got to develop the relationships, and you know, with you, with your your uh, with your operation, with your produce and your sweet potatoes, you've done the hard work and 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 developed relationships in Atlanta and Eastern North Carolina, and you go back and forth. I, I'm, I'm familiar with your operation. And you do great with that, and that's that's the relationships that you build. My relationships over here are with three very good quality agents that uh, I got their best freight because I take care of their freight. Absolutely, and and that's what I wanted to. Uh, 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 so I appreciate the call again, Steve. I'm gonna put you back. Anything else you wanted to get into before before I put your hold? No, no, that that's good. That was kind of all, all I wanted to say. It sounds like say we were talking to you when you were talking about this, the guy striking. Yeah, it is. It, that was the thing I was thinking when you said uneducated. That I, that's what made me hit one, because that 
That is exactly what came to mind for me. That and, and I said, you know, being in Miami, it probably was trade drivers, and they, I know their rates are bad. You know, but if I use it, if your rates are bad there, you've got to find something else that pays better. Or like you said, get your own authority and actually pull containers one at a time for through a through a, uh, a clearinghouse or somehow, uh, like you were talking about the uh, the acronym there. And and yeah, you've got to find the niche. It, you know, like you said, there are there probably are niches. And you, when you said that, it brought another one to my mind. I know somebody that is pulling trailers. Uh, out of the out of a port, but he only pulls the hazmat uh, uh, tankers that are the tanker type uh, containers. You know, uh, they got a word for it. I, I can't. It does. It's on the tip of my tongue. I can't remember it now. But he pulls those out of the port, and he makes outstanding money. So you know, he doesn't mind. He you know, he knows his equipment's good. He knows he can pass inspections. He knows the hazmat laws, which we all need to know if we're going to be out here. Have a hazmat license, and he makes outstanding money. He found a niche, and uh, that that's that's kind of like what you're talking about. Now he is leased on to a company, but they have all the business. Uh, so, but the thing is, is he makes outstanding uh, dollars even in drainage work because he found something nobody else wanted to do. Right, right, and just to uh, just kind of, I appreciate the call again, Steve. And and just to kind of go back into my whole uh, position, if you're an owner-operator or if you're a motor carrier that you have no business out here striking, if you, um, if, as a motor carrier, and if I were to participate in a strike, then my customers, any customers that I have or anyone that I've ever marketed to would lose any and all faith. Why in the world would they put any freight on my truck? We have to understand, like I said, it's, it's a it's a totally different um, paradigm coming from an employee mindset, you know, what I call a nine-to-five employee mindset coming over into now you are in the you are in the big fit you're in the big pond with the big fish as an owner or as a motor carrier. You cannot those two different mindsets have to change, and if you're leased on with somebody, if you own your truck, you you kind of still have to have that same mentality to a degree. Um, but as a motor carrier, definitely as a motor carrier with your own authority, you cannot afford to even have have yourself associated nowhere near anything that's talking about a strike. You have to be able to brush up on your negotiating skills. You got to go out here and take the time to invest in yourself, whether it means being going out and trying to read every periodical, every uh, book that you can find on negotiations. If that means taking seminars and courses to brush up on your negotiating skills. If that means, um, you know, like I said, there's so much free stuff that is out here nowadays. You don't have to go spend a whole bunch of money, but you need to be investing the time and effort into yourself to develop and cultivate yourself and and position yourself in your business. Nobody said it was going to be easy. If it was easy, any and everybody would be doing it. But um, to go out and create a safety hazard or in a nuisance at some of these intersections, and, I, and I'm seeing a lot of people, now, and, and people that I've, personally respect that are, that are kind of cheering some of these guys on, but I, I just don't think that my opinion is we, we're we not really uh, we're not really thinking about 
uh, the consequences and the things that are that you're doing by doing that. You know, what if it was your family member that happened to be um, was involved in an accident or something, and the ambulance was trying to get get through that certain intersection where they're doing the striking and everything? You know, um, could you be held? You know, as a motor carrier, you know, there may be a question for seating, but you know, could could you and your company be held liable <laughs> for for a wrongful death lawsuit? I mean, just thinking about all the different things and different nuances and ramifications stem from being associated with with something that um, I think that you know, there's a better way to try to get your point across other than trying to strike if you are on an operator or if you are a motor carrier. Uh, like I said, strikes are reserved for people that are employees. You know, if you got un, um, terrible working conditions on a job, and and there, and even some people may even take the point of, uh, well, if it's that bad, then quit the job and find another job. You know, I, I won't go that far. I, I think that there may be that there, in certain instances, there may be a case for uh, a strong uh, employee workers union. Not not to say that you know. Um, I think that the common sense aspect just has to kick in. And even sometimes when you're dealing with good people, even then common sense sometimes goes out of the door. Um, and we just don't have the, the ability to get things, to get our points across in a more civilized manner. Definitely is not the answer. So if you got an opinion on the, the strike that's going on down in Miami or you want to give us an update to tell us how you're faring out there with the CSVA crackdown for this week. We welcome your participation and interaction tonight. It's just going to be me and you. I got, we got a little more than about uh, 30 minutes left in the show. So you can go ahead and press number one. If you want to get in and express your thoughts and your opinions. Uh, I'm trying to see if I can run down and find the, uh, I'm trying to go back through Facebook. And find the uh, I seen a petition that they had on here, and they had like a, a whole different list of demands and stuff that they were that they were striking for. But if you are in support of the strike, if you got a different opinion, if your opinion is different than mine, don't let that scare you off. I'm interested to see maybe it's something that I'm not seeing, maybe it's something that I'm not considering. I welcome you to come on board and and then maybe express yourself and tell us what it is that. You know, why you think that the strike is a good thing um, or why we should be maybe considering uh, expanding the strike. I've seen people talking about expanding. I've seen another talking about uh, expanding the strike from the 29th of June through um, through July, the um, I think the July 4th weekend or something like that. Um, that's crazy as well, but you know, as a as a motor carrier, and if you're out here marketing your company, and you get associated with the strike, how many customers do you think are going to actually entrust putting their freight on your trucks and on your equipment? Um, how many contracts do you think that you're going to secure? How many, uh, you know, and and if you get your way, if you want to try to limit brokers to being only be able to profit ten percent off of a load that they offer you that um then then how is it gonna feel when the shipper comes down and says, Well, we wanna be able to limit you on your profit to only making ten percent from moving our freight. You know, that sword cuts both ways. So I think that instead of trying to um 
circumvent and, and kill off someone else's business opportunity, empower yourself. Go out, join different associations. If you're not, a, if you don't know where to start, I think the easiest place to start is with some of the trucking associations. And if you're not getting anything, you know, get some feedback from other truckers that are active in some of these different associations. And if those associations, um, you know, if they don't have any platforms of education that they can uh, present to you and provide for you as a member, then, you know, you got to seek out different avenues where you can get that information. But you have to be, you have to take the initiative. You got to be voracious when it comes to seeking that information out. No one's going to um, hand feed it to you. You can't depend on the uh, truck stop because nine times out of ten, those people that are giving out that type of information, they don't even have their cost per miles. They don't have the, the basic information that they need to make their trucking company successful. A lot of times in trucking, we, it's kind of like old tribal, uh, I, I call it, you know, old tribal passed down history. We just say, well, you know, this is the way it's been done, and, and that's the way we've always done it, and, and we just accept it at that. And we have to come out of that mind frame. We have to come out of the, the whole thinking. You, and you can't be thinking like um, one thing that, that – uh, I remember that a uh, 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 good friend of the show, Chad Boblet, used to always say, "Don't think like a one-truck operation. You got to think bigger than that. You got to think bigger than just being. You can't just think, well, I'm just one truck, and I'm going to think along the lines of one truck. When you're dealing and you're negotiating, you got to think along the lines of a company. Even though you may be doing a spot market move." Well, guess what? Chuck Snow, we've had him on the show, our, our uh, resident mentor. He talks about all the time that they move on that, that they move freight on the spot market as well. Even though he owns a brokerage and he owns, he has asset base. He's a motor carrier as well, and they have their own dedicated customers. But guess what? Do you think that he, uh, that company, when they're uh, moving stuff on the spot market, do you think that they're moving stuff at the very low end of the spectrum? There's a possibility if he needs to maybe reposition a truck, maybe. But then they are more educated, and they know what freight is moving for in this lane on this particular on on that particular type of equipment. You know, whether it be flatbed, dry box, or, or reefer. You know, what are you? When's the last time you spent some money on buying a book to educate you as far as brushing up, like we saw, talked about before, with your negotiating? When was the last time you uh, bought a book to help you with your marketing efforts? When's the last time that you, you know, those all those things play hand in hand. What are you doing to set yourself apart? So instead of just saying that, oh, the truck, they're, they're not treating me fair, they're doing me bad, and, and expecting that things that somebody else is going to come and help bail you out, you got to come take the bull by the horns and you got to make a way for yourself. And if you're not doing those things, then guess what? You are constantly going to be a victim. Um, there's a great book that kind of helps. It, and some of these things we're talking about are philosophical things. There's a great book that I recommend by uh, Jim Collins. It's called QBQ, Question Behind the Question. If you're asking questions that start with, you know, there are certain questions that start with what and why and, and who, 
those are victim questions. You know, why 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 is it that I can't make the amount of money that I want to make? Uh, who's responsible for uh, I, why I can't make the amount of profit that I want to make? You know, those are victim mentality questions. But questions that start and begin with how, you know, how can I help? How can I make it better? You know, those are questions that go and redirect it back to you and challenge yourself to figure out a way that you, how are you going to make it better? What can you do that is going to change the situation? Those are, those are the, you should be asking those why and how. You should be asking who. I mean, you should be asking, excuse me, you should be asking how. How can you do it? Not who, not what, not why. How. And you have to go back and figure out what is it that you're doing this for. Do you really even want to be a motor carrier? Is this, is that, is that your, is that, or did you just end up buying yourself a job? If that's the case, then you know, okay, that's fine if you're happy doing it. If you're doing what you're doing and you're happy doing it, nobody can tell you that, hey, um, you need to change what it, what it is you're doing. You need to change how you're doing it. If that's what makes you happy. If you don't want to grow, if you want to be a one-truck uh, carrier, if you want to be a one-truck operation, and you just want to run strictly on the spot market, and if that works for you, then, hey, have at it. But go out here and try to rile up, you know, uh, um, drum up a bunch of support on trying to get other people to join and participate in a strike that is just half-cocked and, and uninformed, and it makes it makes you look unintelligent as well, my opinion. Like I said, if you got a different difference of opinion, we welcome you here and we can discuss it. I'm trying. I'm still trying to locate that. Uh, still trying to locate the information from the uh, from the strike. But we're not going to come. We'll concentrate on solutions. We're going to concentrate on providing solutions here, and that's what we try to do. Uh, free webinar. We're talking about education. The ultimate three-step program to become a successful owner-operator. Kevin Rutherford is offering a free webinar. You can just go to the website, lesstruck.com, and register for the webinar. Um, How to avoid the six biggest mistakes when you become an owner-operator. Lesstruck.com. Go sign up for the webinar. This is free. This is a free, not going to cost you anything other than some time, that Kevin Rutherford is putting together a webinar. These podcasts, where we try to educate and try to give out as much information as possible, these are free. These are free resources. If you have a library card, we were talking about audio books. We were talking about uh, books in general. Well, guess what? All of that information is for free. You can go and get information for free. You just got to be willing to go out, kill something, drag it home, and be able to put food on your table. But nobody is going to go kill it, prepare the food for you, and, and bring it and set it on the table for you. You're going to have to pay for that. So guess what? That's why the brokers make the profits that they make. And, and, and you, no one's putting a gun to your head to accept those rates. you got to educate yourself on getting, putting yourself in the best position to make sure that you are not being taken advantage of, that you are not going to be a victim. Also, um, if you're interested, the National Minority Truckers Association, 
they are offering a couple of classes coming up here at the end of the month. There is also NASTIC, National Association of Small Trucking Companies. They have their NEST program, which is their um, helps new motor carriers, and I and I believe that they also offer it for owner operators. Um, but you can come in and take their class. And a lot of people kind of get upset and say, "Well, NASTIC, it seems like it's a big sales pitch when you come to the class." They have a right to try to. Uh, Make a profit. I know you're joining the association, and they and and they're going to make more money if they have different services that they can offer you that you're willing to pay for. Not to say it's a good thing, not to say it's a bad thing, but no one makes you put a gun to your head and, and says that you have to purchase those services when you go to the classes. I think that there's a, there's a tremendous value to be had by going to those classes because you get education on so many different things and it's worth a worthwhile effort. You got to take some time to get out of the truck. If you are a one-man army, a one-truck owner-operator, like I was saying earlier, you can't be thinking like a one-truck operator. You got to take some time to work in the business. Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, you got to get, get out here and put the time and the effort into going and making and building these relationships, whether that means taking a week off to go to a CMC or taking a weekend to go to a, a nasty class or a weekend to go to a, a, a National Minority Truckers Association class or even check with your uh, your own um, trucker, state truckers association. There's got to be – that's what they these associations are there for. They are there to try to help empower and up and and um, get information out to you, but you have to take advantage of it. You have to be one to take the initiative to get what is offered from them. I'm not saying just cut a check to them every every year on your anniversary date just to say that I'm a member. You should be getting something out of your membership, and if you're not getting anything from your membership, then what's the point of being a member of the association? Um. So once again, if you got a question or if you got a uh, about something, we got a few minutes left in the show before we get ready to wrap up and get out of here. We welcome your calls. We welcome your participation. Got a bunch of people on the line. Uh, so yeah, if you want to get in and get something in, now would be a great time to do it. I'm just trying. I'm still trying to. I wanted to get that uh, petition out because I want. I didn't want to try to misrepresent the things that those guys were trying to strike for. But I, I just, I seen the videos and I seen the guys uh, blocking blocking traffic. And I even seen a couple of situations where uh, there were a couple of different altercations with, uh, with law enforcement. And Lord knows we don't need, uh, you know, I hate to see anything happen on either side, whether it be with law enforcement or whether it be with, uh, anybody in the trucking community get into an altercation where, you know, it it, it devolves into something else. And uh, that's, that's, that's a situation going from bad to worse really quickly. All because it could be avoided, in my opinion. A lot of it really could be avoided. Uh, I'm not having any luck trying. I... I was trying to see if I didn't have an opportunity to print none of this stuff out a little earlier. 
I would have had it printed, but I can't find the uh, the uh, petition. They added in both Spanish and in English. Uh, but if anybody sees that, you know, it, it, it's floating all around Facebook. Just wanted to kind of touch on that. As far as myself with the CSBA, uh, the safety, I haven't seen uh, – the scales have been open. I haven't seen a whole lot of activity as far as uh, uh, spot checks on the road. Uh, I'm running this week. I've been running back and forth between uh, Georgia and Florida. Um, I haven't seen a whole lot of activity. I've seen the scales were doing a little bit of work there in Florida, but uh, nothing that seems to be more intensified than what is usually the case. Uh, and, and like Steve was talking about a little earlier, if you keep your truck in halfway decent shape, in decent shape uh, and, and as our good friend uh, talks about, if you're not running around looking like a wounded gazelle, you're going to be fine as well. Let's see. We got a caller calling in from the 814. We're going to get go straight to the phone lines. Caller calling in from the 814. You're on with Rico. What's your name and where are you calling from? Uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. My name is Joe. All right, Joe, how can we help? Uh, what's on your mind tonight? Well, uh, first time calling in. Uh, a lot of firsts. I went to CMC this year. That was a first. Discovered uh, Congratulations. Kevin Kevin about three years ago driving a truck for someone else. And then two years ago, I bought my own truck. And I've just been following kind of lockstep the lessons and just his uh, program, you know, stop holding the steering wheel, start driving your business. And I know ultimately right. I want to run three to five trucks, my own business. I want to get my own authority. I know that's the way I'm bent. That's what I want to do. But there's so many questions. And there, I was in lane two this year at CMC, and I really wanted to spend so much time in lane three where your type of conversation would have been going on. But there just seems to be a big jump between what I'm doing and getting to that. Steve, an earlier caller, mentioned going back through the previous podcast. Well, I started doing that very thing, but I just, you know, you're out here on your own, and uh, I'm not really sure how you connect the dots, because uh, I missed out on the the, seminar, the CMC part about getting your own authority with Kenny. I, I didn't get to sit in on that, but uh, there's just loads of questions, and I'm just curious what, other than listening to the podcast, what else can I do than listening with Kenny and listening with you? Well, absolutely. And the good thing about the podcast, they are recorded, so you can go back and check them out. Uh, Kenny uh, does a little bit better job than what I do. I think he takes the time to actually label his uh, podcast uh, or uh, episodes, rather, so that you can track down uh, those. I know in the very first podcast that when when Kenny first started, uh, I think it was maybe a two- or three-part series, he went through and he laid out every single thing that you needed to do to get your own authority, how to apply for it uh, on your own, right. uh, and of right. course, and of course, he does that every every time on his part. He kind of goes over that as well, um, and he does a great job on giving you the step by step process. But the biggest thing is is always constantly uh, uh, try to have something business related about what it is that you're trying to do. Try to find different things that you can find that you can read about whether it be the, the um, transport topics, you know, of course, look at the different periodicals for trucking. Um, 
when it comes to now what specifically are you trying what, what step are you at right now you own a truck now is that correct that's correct and you're running you you are leased on to someone no 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 i'm uh, well i'm leased on to company right and i have to use their trailer we do a specialized light heavy haul and i go coast to coast canada and the mm-hmm. us and what i'm searching for is as you spoke of and steve spoke of earlier finding that special niche that kind of sets you apart. And then that's going to take some time to discover, but I'm hanging on every word you say and just how you go about doing that. Just, uh, Cause there's a lot of competition. Okay. How do you separate you from everyone else? Sometimes Joe, I think it seems like there's a lot of competition and don't get me wrong. There is a good bit of competition, but, a lot of people are not willing to put themselves out there. They're, they're, so you have to figure out what it is that you want to, what is your niche that you want to be a, that you want to be a part of. And you, you say some light heavy haul. Okay. So right. now, now if, if, if this is the way that I would do it, uh, determine first of all, what it is that you want to haul, what is, you know, what type of, where are you going to specialize at? Now your niche become your niche can become that you're going to be offered this specialized service, and then you throw down your service area. What what areas of the country do you want to run in? That's your service area. That right. gives you your niche. So so now you can begin to market to those specific customers that fall within your service area. You're not trying to go out outside of your service area. You want to run the area that you want to run in. So you just so now it becomes almost like shooting fish in a barrel. You pinpoint the the different uh, uh, different people that are in your service area that you want to do business with. Now, you may not want to do business with every person that falls within uh, your scope of business because they may, you know, they may be a bad, um, they may uh, have bad uh, relationships with them or, or whatever. You know, different different things. Certain customers you, you don't even want to deal with. Um, for right. me and, and and refrigerator freight, that would be uh, poultry. I hate hauling chicken. I because it just it's nasty. It takes forever to get loaded with it. It's too much of a pain in the butt. I, I hate and I just loathe chicken. So mm-hmm. when you don't, you yeah. don't, that's that's thing. That's something that I don't want to do. Um, but now, will I do it if I, if push comes to a shove? Of course I will. You know. Uh, but you know, so you can start sitting down with a piece of paper. Uh, a great book that uh, I I would recommend is a book by. Uh, uh, Simon Sinek, guy. The author's name is Simon Sinek, and it's a, a book that started. The title of the book is um, "Start with Why." Um, start with why you get to you get to you, you want to get with why you're doing what you what you're doing, and and that kind of helps lay things out. But like I, like I was saying, you know, find out your service area, find out all of the people that are that are shipping those types of things that go on to your type of equipment within your service area. And then you just start marketing yourself like hell to those guys, and you go in there and start trying to build those relationships, um, you know, and take some time. You know, you may you may be in the area, you know, go by with your equipment. Um, let them see it. Um, yeah. But just stay at it. Just because you get a no, and that's the, the biggest thing about this whole situation is you may not get you may not hit pay dirt with the very first time. You may you're gonna to have to be persistent. You're gonna to have to continually 
um, time and effort to build the relationship. You got to go in there and you got to find some kind of way to make those people like you. Because uh, people are going to do business with people that they like. So if you can do something to kind of set yourself apart in that facet and build that relationship, then that's going to put that's going to go a long ways into getting you to that yes. Eventually, getting you to that yes. So you know, don't get discouraged. They may tell you no four or five times, but um, from all the sales research and information that I've read. A lot of times that sale, those, those uh, long relationship uh, sales don't really take place until about the fifth or even sometimes as many as the eighth time that you've called on that business. So make sure that you set yourself up some type of a, a calendar or something so that you are continually, okay, I called and checked. You don't want to, of course, you know, you you got to kind of find the new ones. You don't want to be like a pest or something that you, you, you know, you're irritating somebody, but you are, but you want right. to be, uh, make, make sure that you are presenting to them that you know that, uh, Hey, I'm really serious about that. I'm, I'm sh- first of all, I'm showing you that I'm not fly by night. So I, I I'm calling back, you know, every six months, you know, if it's every quarter or, or whatever, whatever time frame that you think that you feel like works best for you, but then they see, well, Hey, okay. I've talked to this person that not a fly by night. They they've been consistent and persistent. Uh, well, you know what? Let's give the guy a shot. You know what I'm saying? And then once yep. you get that out, now you now you up the bat. You got to try and 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 when they when they throw that thing when they throw the the, the fat softball uh, across the plate, you got to try to knock it out of the park. And I mean, you know, whether that means, you know, going above and beyond, uh, you know, taking the U pod approach, uh, under promise and over deliver. On what it is that you said that you want, that you're trying to do, so you know, and, yeah. and once you do that, and you and you keep that communication, George Heck, that that uh, friend of the show always talks about, you know, get that communication going, and you and you just communicate with them everything, every the step of the process of what's going on with the freight. Man, they will love you. They will love you, and and that goes into once you do that, then and if you get that foot in the door then they can recommend, you can start asking questions, hey, well, do you know anybody else or, or you know, since I'm shipping this over here on this end, because a lot of those things, especially with that heavy haul and stuff, I, I pretty much believe a lot of those guys are, are kind of connected with one another uh, throughout the country. They they kind of know somebody in that area. Well. Yeah. So, so that can be, that can get you beginning that referral process. And once you get that referral process, and, and if you got a good relationship with them, you can be like, hey, well, if you don't mind, you know, I'm I'm really trying to work on building this area up. You know, let them know your service area. And if you don't mind, is, is there somebody over there that you might be able to refer me to or something like, you know, different tactics like that to kind of help uh, uh, take away going all the way down to the fifth phone call. Because if you got somebody giving you a warm referral and they saying and they call him and saying, hey, this guy does an excellent job for us, give him a shot, he he, he runs. Only thing he runs is, is is this area right here, and you know, so you'll have somebody on a consistent basis to do a good job for you. Mm-hmm. Boom, Joe mm-hmm. is your Joe is the guy that you want to talk to. So you know that kind of it's it's not rocket science, but it's going to take some persistence. It's going to take getting over some nerves, because and believe me from from experience, it's it's the butterflies will come up in your stomach. It's not the easiest thing in the world to do to go out. And, and try to market yourself, but like like I was saying earlier, once you are in the realm of being an owner-operator or a motor carrier, your whole thought process has to take a shift, and it can't be um, 
It can't be, well, I just want to cash a check. I, I want to come and do my job and cash a check. If that's the case, then you should just be an employee and you shouldn't be a, a business owner. You, sh- you, you, you don't want the responsibility of being a business owner. You should stay in the employee realm in the nine-to-five right. mindset. Nothing's wrong with that. If that makes you happy, nothing's, nothing is wrong with that. But if you want better and bigger things, you got to challenge yourself and you got to come out of your comfort zone in order to achieve those things. So, Joe, I think uh, not a problem, not a problem. You got got anything else before we let you go? I got got one more call, and we're going to get ready to get out of here. No, thank you for your time. I appreciate it, and I enjoy your program. Thank you. Not a problem, Joe. I, I appreciate you for your participation and for your support. Put you back on hold here just for a second, and let's go to caller calling in from the 757 area code. What's your name and where you calling from? How you doing, Rico? This is Aaron. I'm calling from Virginia. Can you hear me okay? Yes, sir, Aaron. We're coming in loud and clear. What you got? Okay, I had. I, I know time is running short. I had one quick question. You mentioned the uh, name of an association earlier that was affiliated with an intermodal um, industry. What was, the, what was the name of it? What was the acronym again? Let me – I got my computer here. Let me – Pop open the screen. I want to make sure I'm giving you the right one. I think it is UIIA.org, and that stands for Uniform Intermodal Interchange uh, Association. UIIA.org. If you go to UIIA.org, they have um, videos and stuff set up to where different modules to show you everything that you need to do to apply and to become a, a motor carrier. And, and be signed up through them to be able to pull containers. Um, so, yeah, check them out, UIIA.org. Um, so you got they, it. They can help you get set up with the, uh, with the ports and also with the, um, with the, the rail yards. Okay, I do so, appreciate yeah. the information, Rico. Not a problem, Aaron. Appreciate you for calling in and checking us out tonight. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we are – at the end of the show, thank everyone again for their participation. I want to thank Kevin and Lisa Rutherford for making this show possible. Thank you guys for taking time out of your busy schedule to come on and participate with us. And until this time next week, you guys be safe out there. God Thanks for joining us on Rates and Lanes. If you like what you heard here, leave us a rating and review on iTunes or listen to our other shows at audioroad.letstruck.com. To get in touch with our tribe, call us at 855-800-PUEL. That's 855-800-3835. Thanks for joining us for the ride down the audio road.